0: to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Today we're hearing about not just one, but two events and exhibitions, which is organised by CHAT, which is the Centre for Heritage, Arts and Textile. And one is called Interweaving Poetic Code, and the other event is Access Breach Radical Visibility Celebration. And to tell us more, I'm really delighted to be talking with Bruce Lee, who's CHAT's assistant curator. Welcome back on the programme, Bruce. It's great to see you again. How are you today? I'm afraid we may have just lost the connection. It's just uh, sort of frozen, unfortunately. Uh, Bruce joins us uh, this afternoon uh, via Zoom, and we'd love for you to see us on Facebook, Noreen Meir on RTHK Radio 3. I think we've established the connection once again. Hello, Bruce. How are you doing today?
1: I'm very well. I'm sorry for the slight disconnection right
0: there. Not at all. Uh, that's the beauty of live radio. The audience know that <laughs> this is live. Right, so let's jump uh, straight into it. Tell us a little bit more about uh, the exhibition, which is Interweaving a Poetic Code. Uh, what is it about exactly?
1: So Interweaving Poetic Code is an exhibition that we organized with guest artistic director Teun Choi. And the exhibition itself is centered around code, as in computer code, and also textiles and the poetic links between the two.
0: Oh, wow, that sounds very philosophical because when you think of um, 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 art, you don't often think about sort of uh, the the links with technology and and certainly not with coding. Um, In your sort of view, what's the connection there? Or how should the audience sort of establish that that sort of connection between coding and, and art?
1: So as you said, Noreen, there is actually a very philosophical way to look at this, but on a more historical perspective, um, a lot of people might not know this, but the um, computers actually were developed from jacquard looms, which is a a certain weaving technology. Um, This happened around in the early 1800s, actually, where a man was trying to weave um, tapestries in a very fast way. Um, tapestries are tr- traditionally very, very slow processes. And to speed up the process, this person, um, Marie Jacquard developed a Jacquard loom, which um, wove um, uh, these beautiful intricate brocade fabrics with punch cards. Um, and on punch cards, it's either a zero or a one, um, you have a hole or you don't have a hole. Yeah. And that sort of determines the raising of warp threads in the Jacquard loom. And that was kind of the precursor to the modern day computer, which also uses zeros and ones.
0: Oh, wow. So I suppose there is a very intricate link between weaving, between even textiles and coding. That's amazing. I I didn't know that. Um, And and I think,
1: yeah, from from um, also with our artistic director, Taeyun Choi, we also um, spoke to him from a more conceptual um, perspective, what he thinks of the connection between the two and to him both textiles and also computer coding are these transformative processes he would say um, where we turn information into um experiences you know we can turn um uh the punch card for example the instructions on a punch card into fabrics that we can wear and we can touch and likewise for computer codes we're interacting with you know for example this zoom interface that we're doing um, on Facebook, these softwares that we interact with. So these transformative processes are apparent in both um, uh, uh, medium,
0: yeah. media.
1: And, um, and he thinks that a lot of pos- positive changes could occur through these um, transformative processes.
0: That's amazing because when you think of coding like you said, the zero and the ones it's almost sort of very intangible you know, you sort of, but then you can sort of transform them into sort of textiles which you can touch, which kind of sort of reminds me of braille which I, I know that you've also run workshops with the Ebenezer School of Visually Impaired. We'll, we'll get to that uh, in a little while to, to see where the link is uh, for that. Um, uh, like you said, you know, you work with Tay Choi. Also there are a number of contributing artists that sort of made this happen. Um, Who who were some of the artists that you also worked with for this exhibition?
1: So in this exhibition, um, with artistic director Taeyun Choi included, there are actually eight individual artists or collectives, um, seven of which are exhibiting. And the last is um, actually a program based artist that we're working with. And these artists really do come from around the world. We've got artists from New York, from um, Mexico City, We've also got artists from Berlin, for example.
0: Oh, wow. And um, a
1: lot of these are actually Tae Choi's friends, and um, they, their works explore very directly the linkages between um, textiles code. And by extension, the sort of care for the community that could happen when we reinterpret textiles and code in a more creative way.
0: That's right. Um, I, I know that Tae Yoon uh, Choi has a special interest in, in working uh, with minority groups, uh, especially sort of people with, with different abilities, uh, which also brings me to the workshops that are part of uh, this exhibition. I I understand that uh, you've also partnered up with uh, the Ebenezer School of of the Visually Impaired, um, and the workshops have uh, uh, come and gone. What were some of the lessons learned? What did you do uh, exactly with the students?
1: So these um, workshops happened earlier this year in February um, through Zoom, Taeyun instructed four of the Ebenezer School students um, how to approach coding in a very poetic manner. So um, we spent maybe the first two lessons on some coding fundamentals with HTML and also a little bit of JavaScript. Um, And then in the latter two lessons, Taeyun actually asked these students to um, write poems about their own homes with um, code and um, with JavaScript actually, you could um, sort of lay out the code in a very um, beautiful manner. You could have little graphics, you could have headings, you could have body text. So these sort of hierarchies are built into the poems and then um, students were asked to reinterpret these poems or rather interpret simply, interpret these poems into um, graphical motifs, you know, little houses or little cats, for example. And um, at the end of the Workshop, we we collected all of these graphics and we um, did some little design adjustments and we actually um, managed to network with some industrial experts and turn those graphics into computer cases, these computer sleeves. And these computer sleeves are actually very tactile and um, very textural and meant to be experienced by the visually impaired, the students themselves, for example. And they also have very high contrast colors.
0: Wow. So you've turned sort of a bit of coding uh, into textiles so that, and, and these are sort of designed by the, the students who are visually impaired but, um, and so that they can also then enjoy the texture of, of their code, essentially.
1: Yeah, That's really we, cool. I think, yeah, it's very cool. And more, I think more importantly, it's for us to have the public feel this kind of um, product as well, and um, to to experience that products and merchandise can also have such a rich story behind.
0: Absolutely. And it just seems that art transcends, you know, so different abilities. And, it, you know, and and when we think of art, we think of the visual sense, but actually, um, it's uh, very uh, experiential, you know, you can experience it through touch, sometimes through smell, and sometimes you can hear it as well. I'm sure, you know, the the designing process, tapping away, uh, making...
1: All of these senses are actually activated in our exhibition, too. So um, we actually really invite um, audiences to come. We've got interactive works through through touch, exactly. And also, we don't have scent, but we do have um, auditory experiences, too, in our exhibition space.
0: Yeah. So, Bruce, you're also in charge of a co-learning hub. Where does this all fit in then?
1: Sure. And tell us Um, about what
0: what this co-learning hub is.
1: Oh, thanks for asking, Noreen. Within the exhibition Interweaving Poetic Code, we have an entire gallery space that's dedicated to um, a series of making activities. The space we more properly call as the unlearning space. And um, unlearning is actually a very interesting concept that um, Tae-Yoon, the artistic director, sometimes speaks about. And it's the idea of um, thinking about what we have learned and the value systems that we've inherited and sort of um, subverting them at times or rethinking them in order to um, move forward in a sense. Um, And the unlearning space is um, called the unlearning space because it's not a lecture hall, it's not a classroom setting, but it is a series of making workshops that allow people to experience and unlearn their thoughts on computers and textiles through their own hands. Um, So we've got different thematic stations, different workshops, some of them are um, called computing, for example. We also have stations called weaving and knitting, um, coding, et cetera. And um, these workshops are all quite simple to do and they're very friendly to all ages. Um, kids love it, particularly families love it. Um, we've got some paper weaving workshops, for example, that. You know, the coding station I just mentioned is actually um, asking participants to weave with paper strips their own um, binary codes, which could be deciphered to a secret message. So this kind of an activity that's very accessible and very easily understood, um, we hope that um, inspires more thinking. And, you know, for example, once um, a participant makes something, they might reinterpret or re-experience the exhibition in in a new light, for example.
0: Yeah. How easy is it to unlearn something? Because we're sort of geared to memorize things step by step and just really have things ingrained in our memory, if you like. Um, is it a case the older we are, the harder it is to unlearn something and then to not really challenge things? What are your thoughts on that, Bruce? Um, to, I mean, it, how difficult is it to unlearn something?
1: <laughs> it's it's incredibly difficult. Um, I would say that... Uh, that I'll start with um, maybe this exhibition with textiles and coding. Um, we often think of coding as this um, very cold matter. It's very, um, you know, technology technical, is maybe yeah,
0: technical. And
1: <laughs> it's like a Silicon Valley sort of a, an image um, and very much, um, yeah, It's an, an, it feels unapproachable. Yeah. And actually, in fact, historically coding was used um, for the military, for example, so there's this idea of control um, implemented, embedded in the in the practice of coding. And I think what this exhibition does is, you know, all the the whole setup is very um, warm. It is very colorful. Um, it's it's unlike any sort of technology um, technology based exhibitions I've ever visited. Um, and I think in its setting, in its sort of presentation. Um, it's begging us to actually unlearn how we think of technology. It's for us to reimagine technology as something that could be um, felt, could be heard, could be touched. Um, all of these different elements that we could interact with and the, the sort of poetry, the poetic part of the exhibition occurs through these interactions. So I think this exhibition is a good um, example of what unlearning could look like. Um, but I think it, it always takes a lot of work, a lot of narratives, a lot of storytelling for that to happen. And I think that's what this exhibition tries to do.
0: Yeah. What was your experience like observing people sort of at the co-learning hub unlearning things and watching their reactions? Did it come sort of naturally for some people and, and other people not so much? Uh, you mentioned children and or what about families? I mean, as an observer, how, how did you view the the process of unlearning?
1: I think what was interesting is um, a lot of unlearning happens when we actually put things in practice. So, um, you know, we I just explained to you earlier the idea of a jacquard loom of, or the idea of a punch card, but that's also still rather abstract, although it's historic, it, although it's factual, it did happen in history. It's still kind of abstract in our minds, but um, in our space, actually, we have um, a weaving loom and a knitting machine that actually demonstrates the raising of warps, for example, and how um, punch cards could actually um, knit patterns. So once we activate those machines and children come and look at them, I think everything clicks and everything yeah. snaps into place. That's right. Um, so I think that that sort of manifestation, a physical manifestation of what we talk about, is very important, and I think is what is so great
0: about the unlearning space yeah well it's it's been a very busy season uh, for chat Um, every time we chat there's always uh, something happening and I understand there's also another event uh, which is on the 2nd of July and it is a a pride special if you like and it's called access breach radical visibility celebration Uh, tell us a little bit more about your uh, this upcoming event
1: so, um, access breach radical visibility is um, co-organized between Chat and the Eaton Hotel in Hong Kong. Um, it is happening on this Friday, and um, uh, thanks to all our team's efforts, it's it's actually very full already, and we're very excited for this party to
0: happen. How exciting! So,
1: yeah, so for this, um, in addition to Eaton, we're also partnering up with um, another artist in the Interweaving Poetic Ho show. Um, their name is Sky Kubaku, and they represent uh, a clothing label that is Chicago-based called Rebirth Garments. So uh, working with Rebirth Garments, we um, linked them up with eight local um, community members in Hong Kong, um, and they're margini- they all come from marginalized groups. Um, For example, um, sexual minorities or disabled folks Mm -hmm. and um, rebirth garments, tailor made garments for them and for their specific needs for them to feel beautiful. Um, And we will host this radical, the access breach event to celebrate these garments and to celebrate these, um, the eight marginalized bodies that we worked with. Through this project,
0: are there any sort of uh, special pieces you can describe to our our listeners uh, listening on the radio? Um, What is, uh, of course, we want people to go, but can you give us a sneak preview (laughs) if you like?
1: Um, Well, let's see. So, uh, in the tailor making process of rebirth garments, um, their founder Sky is very attentive to. The certain different body parts that we want to highlight, mm-hmm. um, and also covering up body parts that we feel insecure about. Um, so, you will see a very diverse range of garments um, there. Um, some that are more slim fit for people who want to show off certain parts of their body, and some that are um, deliberately looser fit, more mm-hmm. um, exaggerated to um, achieve another sort of silhouette. Um, but all of this, um, all of these adjustments were made in conversation with each uh, model. So they're all tailor-made garments. So it's actually very, it's so hard for, you know, we've we've got wings going on. Um, we've also got, um, we got. That's so cloth. cool in certain garments and very, very massive dresses. Um,
0: You got me me with wings, Bruce. You got me with with wings. (laughs) But it's true. You know, a lot of the times um, we want to express ourselves through our clothing. And a lot of the times, I mean, how many of us walk into a store and find something that's not so generic. Everything there is sort of um, very generic. There's, it's very hard to make personalized clothing unless you go to a tailor, which again, that the style might not be something. It's always nice to have a designer who's you know really thought about and given it some thought for people with different body types, people with different abilities. So it sounds really beautiful.
1: I think it, it goes back to this idea that textiles is a uh, very, Apt medium to express care with you know I mean it literally brings us warmth but um, in the tailoring and in the rethinking of silhouettes and shapes it actually could cater towards very diverse needs and that's very special about textiles and as you said Noreen it's it's so rare to, for us to find something that's very fitting to our own personalities and oftentimes these these are tailor-made experiences and I think both the event Access Breach, but also the exhibition Interweaving Poetic Code is about that, is about textiles expressing care.
0: Yeah, more power to chat. And it's so great to see so many events and exhibitions that empower uh, everybody and really promotes this sort of inclusiveness that, that's really needed in our society. Uh, Bruce, it's so nice to chat with you again. Remind our listeners, um, what, what's the, your website? Have you got social media? And how can we find out more about uh, your, your various events, which is happening this season?
1: Thank you so much, Noreen. Um, so our website is mill6chat.org, um, M-I-L-L um, six um, um, on our keyboards and then also um, chat.org. Um, our Instagram is also mill6chat. So is our Facebook, you could find us there. Um, and uh, this exhibition runs through um, 18th of July. So we hope you could come to the mills. Um, we're housed within the mills in Xinhuan
0: excellent Bruce Lee thank you so much for for joining us this afternoon and I look forward to catching up with you another time thank you so much for your sharing and best of luck and for our listeners who'd like to know more do go to uh, Mill 6 chat uh, for for all their Instagram and Facebook pages to find out more about their Access Breach Radical Visibility Celebration which is this Friday on the 2nd of July and of course to their wonderful event uh, interweaving uh, poetic uh, sorry I've just lost Poetic Code. Thank you so much for your time, Bruce.
1: Thank you, Nori.